while some residents booed and others cheered. Chicago City Council approved $51 million for much-needed resources for migrants. The decision came during a contentious meeting yesterday, showing not everyone agrees with where the city should dedicate its resources. This, as asylum seekers arriving in Chicago from the southern border continue to sleep in police stations and other temporary shelters across the city. So for the latest updates, we are joined now by WBEZ City Politics reporter Mariah Wolfel. Hey, Mariah. Hello, good morning. And WBEZ Metro reporter Indy Kara. Welcome back, Indy. Thank you. So set the scene for us, Mariah, because it sounds like things got pretty heated at City Hall. Yeah, it was an emotional meeting, an intense meeting. Um, The focus largely was solely on, most of the debate was focused on the funding for migrants. There was a long public comment section, uh, really like dueling boos and cheers going back and forth. And then there were many floor speeches by aldermen either in opposition to spending the city's funding on my, on migrants to support migrants and those in support. One alder person was brought to tears during her speech on the floor. And so it really was a one of the more intense meetings of the city council I've ever seen. Wow. And give us some more specifics. Like what were folks saying, especially the residents who were weighing in? Sure. A lot of public commenters talked about how it's really difficult to see funding going to migrants when they look around their communities and they see, you know, the, the effects of decades of disinvestment, um, vacant lots, empty school buildings, uh, you know, no mental health resources. Um, and then you had other people kind of pitching unity, saying, you know, the only the only people that win are are the powerful and and the wealthy when when we don't when we as black and brown communities don't join together and help each other out um and then you had aldermen kind of echo, alder people echoing kind of those same sentiments there was um you know also during the public comment section there was chanting people chanted black lives matter black power Um, And so it was a really, you know, kind of raucous public comment section that continued throughout the meeting as older people spoke. Uh, You know, commenters continued to weigh in. Some, you know, called their older person a traitor when they voted for the funding. Um, Again, very tense years, depending on their position on the matter. And the vote had been delayed since last week. What happened there? Last week, it got delayed um, by three alder people who used a procedural procedural maneuver to just push it back to the next city council meeting. That for that city council meeting was initially scheduled for June. You know, the city council meets as a full body once a month, but once that you know procedural tactic. Um, became apparent. The mayor then worked with allies to schedule a, a you know, a, a meeting sooner. And that was the meeting that we were at yesterday. But yeah, this got delayed by three conservative aldermen, uh, Alderman Raymond Lopez, Alderman Anthony Beal, and Alderman Anthony Napolitano. And um, Lopez spoke out yesterday saying this is a federal issue, you know, tax dollars should not be, city's tax dollars should not be spent on this. The city hasn't had a plan, a cohesive, a coherent plan, mm-hmm. um, a comprehensive plan, I should say, um, to, to help migrants. And older person Napolitano spoke up and said, um, you know, uh, the the city's going to have to continue to deal with this. This is only a stopgap, which is true. Um, you know, we're going to have to continue to figure out how to 
deal with this in a comprehensive way. And it's obviously a big challenge on Mayor Brandon Johnson's plate. Lopez also said, you know, look at look at yesterday at the meeting. He said, I'm, I'm glad and grateful to my colleagues who helped me delay this a week because look at the robust public comment section we we just we just witnessed. You know, we wouldn't have had that if the city just tried to push this through. Um, but this wasn't by any means a, a, a you know, as rushed of a process as, we, as we've seen other things. This I funding see. passed through committee and went through the proper channels, um, but it ultimately ended up being passed 34 to 13 yesterday. So, Indy, here's a good time to, to bring you in here. Outside of what Mariah is describing mm-hmm. for us at City Hall specifically, what's the overall atmosphere been like in this city for asylum seekers. Yeah. Well, you know, I think Mariah actually captured it really well in describing the the sides of the city council meeting. I think on one hand, there are certainly neighborhoods and residents who feel frustrated that these resources or vacant spaces in the city are being used towards new arrivals instead of people who are in Chicago, people who they identify as needing help. And then on the other side, you know, through my reporting, I have been able to talk to so many volunteers, people who are going out of their way to pick people up from train stations and bring them to police district stations, donate clothing, donate food, stay in touch with um, asylum seekers. So I think it's been a bit of a, a mixed bag depending on, you know, who they're in touch with and, and what they're exposed to in the, the context of their shelters. So as we, we talked about the tension there, I want to hear from Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor of the 20th Ward. She's been very critical about the, the city's handling of this migrant right. crisis. She made an impassioned speech yesterday. Let's listen. We can get ours. We can, Black Chicago, and we ain't got to hurt or disrespect or be rude to anybody else. We don't. That ain't the type of people we are, black people, because I just don't believe in hurting other people, and I'm not today. So my yes vote, if that bothers you, so be it. But you need to look at yourself in the mirror. You need to look up and say, who are you? Because hurt people don't hurt people. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Alderwoman Taylor. Mariah, what was the Alderwoman referring to there? So that was kind of a mic drop moment. Alder person Jeanette Taylor ended, you know, the the hours long debate on this topic. And, you know, for for example, Alderman Jason Irvin had planned to speak after her and then kind of was called upon and said, "I, I think she just summed it up pretty well. So as you said, Taylor has been one of the most outspoken critics of the city's handling of this crisis. And her ward is home to a shelter at the shuttered Wadsworth School. And she has repeatedly said again and again, the city has not communicated with her about opening that shelter. Mm-hmm. And it's had an effect on her businesses and her ward. And, and it's created this division among residents and migrants in her in her ward, and she hasn't appreciated the lack of coordination that she says she's experienced. Right. So it was a question of whether she was going to vote no or yes on this funding. And she kind of said she she was brought to tears saying, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here. You know, we I, I will fight for the black community and investments and resources for the black community 
to my death. You know, I, I went on a hunger strike for, um, you know, for closed when they closed schools and, um, and, but she, you know, you heard her say it and she said it repeatedly hurt people don't hurt people. And I'm not going to sit here and deny funding for another community because we, we all lose when we do that. Yeah. She ultimately voted yes there. So let's just break down the money here. Council approved, as we mentioned, $51 million to address this crisis. Help us understand what exactly it'll be used for, Mariah. So we're we're still waiting on exact details, but how it's been described to older people is that this will be really used to staff shelters, that the city just is running out of funding to keep these shelters staffed, to get people continuing to be fed, to be transported, you know, to a shower when they need it, and um, really keep things running smoothly at shelters and at respite centers. The city's running seven shelters, as I'm sure Indy will talk more about, but um, it's it's really to keep those shelters up and running and, and hopefully open new space in the future. But this, like I said, is a stopgap. It only is anticipated to last through the end of June, yeah. while the city continues to try to compete for more federal funding and state funding. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago City Council has approved $51 million in funding to address the migrant crisis. And we are getting the latest updates from WBEZ's Mariah Wolfel and Indy Kara. So you've got a story out now, Indy, and mm-hmm. it really walks us through some of these temporary shelters that, that migrants are housed in across the city. Tell us more about what you found. Yeah. So um, as a a part of my reporting, I drove to every single currently operating just about temporary shelter along with the respite centers that the city is operating. And I just went to businesses and offices in the areas of these shelters and tried to capture, you know, how volunteers and community members were feeling about things. And it was interesting. It ranged from, you know, there's a, a shelter at a YMCA mm-hmm. in, in Westridge. And up there, a lot of the people I talked to said, you know, we we didn't even know that there were migrants staying here until you came by and, and told us. Like some people had no idea that there was a shelter. Oh, OK. Um, but there were, you know, other communities where it was much more of a conversation. You know, I stopped by the former Wadsworth Elementary site that's mm-hmm. now being used as a shelter um, I stopped by a church in Roseland that was a shelter in the fall, and the pastor there said, you know, the community ultimately came together, but at first there was a little bit of a mixed response. So, Did you find any theme when it comes to the responses based on the part of the city in which you, you know, were? I think so for a lot of majority black communities, and, and Mariah touched on this, I think there is definitely a, a deep frustration with the systemic disinvestment. In the case of Wadsworth especially, I think the shuttered school is still a really sore and and painful memory for people and and the fact that it was just left to disrepair for years until it was used as a shelter that's that's hard so I think that to me was sort of the prevailing sentiment in in a lot of black communities Um, but it was interesting I I also drove out to Wilbur Wright College on the far northwest side which is the newest shelter that the city has added and some folks there were also saying similar things, um, you know, that they felt angry that their resources were being taken and that there were people experiencing homelessness um, who should have gotten those resources. Mm. But in both of those neighborhoods, also a lot of positive sentiment and people seeing it as an opportunity to come together. And in your travels, you talked with Barry Fleischer in Westridge about an exchange that she had with yes. a migrant mother who was asking for help. Let's listen to a bit of that. In my horribly broken Spanish. I did my best. I told her I will bring her clothing from, you know, my son's wardrobe. It's boys' clothing. Um, But I would help in any way that I could. The only thing that it's really affected is my want to help. 
Tell us a bit more about her story. Yeah, so Barry is an instructor. Uh, she's the chair of graphic arts and design at the Blitzstein Institute, which is a Orthodox uh, Jewish women's teaching college that's about a block away from the YMCA. Um, and yes, she the, the first time that she found out about the shelter was from social media. And then the first interaction that she had with someone was just a few weeks ago uh, when a woman approached her and, you know, asked for work, basically saying she was having a hard time affording food and clothing for her seven year old daughter. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, I think for for Barry as a community member, that was really just uh, a heavy moment and, and a revelation about how much need there is for people who are who are coming in and. Mm-hmm. For her, I think has invigorated a desire to help to, and to reach you out. know galvanize her community to to be involved. Yeah, and to be fair, we've been seeing a lot of that right, right. across the exactly. city, right? Despite all the back and forth and and the yeah. mixed feelings, a lot of people just stepping up and, and I think, opening their doors. And I think that's really important. And I think as much as there has been tension and mixed emotion throughout my reporting, everywhere I went, there were people who were excited about new arrivals and and who wanted to make them feel as welcome as possible. So Mariah, we know that this funding has now passed. It'll last for about a month. Any idea what the city's next steps will be once the funds run out at the end of this this month? Well, Mayor Johnson hasn't detailed those plans yet. Um, You know, when you ask him, he'll say, we've been dealing with this. We've been in office for two weeks now. And, and, you know, what we're doing so far is trying to put one foot in front of the other, get this funding passed, and then see where we're at next. Um, Under Lightfoot's administration, the budget director had said that they were in the process of applying for more federal grants, but that they are very competitive. And so the question is is really up in the air right now. I know that Mayor Johnson had said he wants to work more with mutual aid groups who are stepping up, as Indy kind of detailed. But the the funding question is a big one, and um, it's it's a huge hurdle that that Johnson has to try to overcome in the next thirty days. And, and as you were having those conversations, Indy, what long term resources were community members and, and organizations saying? that they need from the city to keep helping. Yeah. Well, it was interesting to hear Mariah talk about staffing because I think that was a a big concern. And granted, you know, once asylum seekers get to shelters, it's pretty tough for them to get visitors or for volunteers to be coming in and out. Mm -hmm. But what I was hearing is that, you know, the conditions in a lot of these shelters are pretty challenging. There is overcrowding. There is inconsistent access to hot water. The food isn't great. Like, they're pretty intense and difficult places to be. And I think... A lot of people were pointing to finding ways to resolve that, whether that's adding more shelters or just having more staff available to be taking care of people, providing health services, mental health services. Um, so I think, you know, that attention, the space and and the staffing and caretaking resources are are really a few things that people were describing. Indy Kerr is a WBEZ Metro reporter and Mariah Wolfel is a WBEZ City Politics reporter. Thank you both so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.